0: Oh, God, and we thank you. We ask you to let us love one another with our heart. Lord, as Joshua and Caleb said, he wholly sacrificed God. And when he come to the time, Lord, it seemed that all was against him. He knew that you were still there. And this day, Lord, let us know the same way and trust you. And we love you, and we ask you to bless the services this morning. Lord, let us take every word for, for real and not for granted. Lord, bless us and guide us and lead us. Tomorrow, Lord, let us live off of what we have received today. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to read through verse 17 here. Psalm 86. Bow down thy ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor, and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy,
1: for thou my God,
0: save thy servant that trusteth in me. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily.
1: Rejoice,
0: For Thou, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon Thee. Hear, o
1: Lord, to my prayer, and to the voice of my
0: In the day of my trouble, I will call upon Thee, for Thou wilt answer me. Among the All nations whom thou has made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things, thou art God alone. Teach me the way, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth, unite my heart to the fear of thy name.
1: I will praise thee, O Lord.
0: For great is thy mercy towards me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the crowd risen against me, and the assemblies of all men have called my soul, and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long serving, and plenty of mercy and truth. Show me a token for good, that thou who hate me may see it, and be ashamed, because thou Lord has helped me, and comforted me. Amen. God bless you.
1: Praise the Lord, Jesus. Thank you for, Brother Collie, for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I think we just take up our offering, Brother Boyd. Do you want to help us take up our offering this morning, please? <clears throat> God as he takes that up let's just sing mercy rewrote my life how many thank God for his mercy his grace that has led you here this far you know what his mercy and his grace will lead you through the rest of the way amen oh mercy rewrote my life mercy For His mercy, my oh. Just think back upon your life, sing that unto on Him once again. Oh, mercy, rerun. Song Highway to Heaven. Let's start with a chorus. Oh, it's a The that course again. don't get in the way of the one that wants to walk amen how many hate when there's a car stall in the middle of the road or just driving too slow (laughs) you pass it by (laughs) you ain't walking i'm just passing by (laughs) you amen i got a destination to go to amen i hope you do too praise the lord jesus amen as brother wade get ready to come out bring the word how many are ready for the word this morning amen let's just sing this song greater than all my sin this morning Greater than all my sin Is the blood that still cleanses me Is the grace that still sets me free To praise Him Oh, greater than all my sin is the blood that still cleanses me, it's the grace that still sets me free to praise Him.
2: a blood that what still cleanses me we have to take a bath in that blood all the time we need grace we need mercy God give us all that give us redemption boy give us a whole package and he's not gonna there's not a hole in this plan the plan works somebody Amen. the plan works just get in it it's like brother Louis said let's just keep on walking Let's just keep on talking. Well, good to have uh, everybody here today. Uh, we got a bunch out that's on vacation, so I'm kind of glad they're not here. My sister. And they're all gone, but we're we're kind of full today. Good to see Brother Jonathan, Sister Nikki. I don't remember the boys' names, but I remember when they were born. And Sister George. <laughs> Y'all old. But good to have them. Y'all still in Texas? You haven't got a revelation yet? Get back out here. But good to see them today. They'll be with us uh, during service today. But always good to see them smiling faces. And Sister Renee and Sister Noel is with us today. Sister Renee's graduated, so she's. Let's give her. A... Amen. So remember, remember each and every one of these that have graduated in prayer, and uh, they're they're into their new part of life now. So uh, get a job. So school first good job uh remember sister Jim, she's got strep throat. she was yesterday she was diagnosed with it so she's at home today she might make it this afternoon she's got a 24-hour quarantine and it's over at about two o'clock this afternoon so just pray for her we have communion and foot washing this afternoon when the second service is over brother bob will be speaking for us wednesday night um father's day a lot of y'all are going to be gone so we are. We're probably still going to have the fishing thing over at Brother Terrence and Brother Zach, but it will be just show up and fish, and we'll be there. You know, during times because a lot of y'all are going to be gone, uh, other places. So we won't have our normal. Uh, we won't. If you want to eat something, bring it with you. We'll just go. We'll just go fishing, and uh, some of you are going to be here. Some of you won't. So just remember that. Just whenever you know in the morning or, or you can talk to brother terrence about that uh the 24th of this month will be a prayer service on saturday night uh, most of you that go to church here know that we have prayer service before we have a big meeting and what that meeting will be on july the first and second brother jewel forney will be here saturday service will start at five sunday morning service will start at nine forty five as usual brother mike olte will be with us and then we'll have a catered meal after that now my sister uh, we'll be giving you menu, um, blank menus for you to write down what you and your family want, and the catering truck will be outside, and uh, and they have really good food. But we're going to try it that way and see how it works. So just remember that service on July 1st and 2nd. That's our anniversary meeting, uh, annual anniversary meeting. On July the 4th, 1971, we started the church, and, uh, and we continue to uh, appreciate uh, the Lord for letting us. Uh, be here for those 50, 50-something 50 years and uh, to uh, have Brother Mode as our first pastor and Brother Dale as our second pastor, and, and that's been a long time. We've, we've now had to go through a bunch of administrations. We appreciate that. Uh, remember Brother Aaron. He is Brother Tom Creschains today uh, speaking. Uh, remember on July 14th, 15th, and 16th. Now, downstairs will be Um, a sign-up sheet for you to sign up to go now this is for anyone this is kind of like ohio it's for anyone to go we were going to have we are going to have a youth service on saturday but we'll have regular church service on sunday but anybody is welcome to go all right now the cutoff is june the 24th which will be a few weeks from now june the 24th or 25th somewhere that sunday if you want to go and you need to, we're going to, the reason we need to know is we're going to double up. The church will be paying for your motel room. So we'll be doubling up now and we'll double up on carpool, but the church will be providing the rooms. That's why I need to know who's coming, who's going to be there Friday and Saturday. All right. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. right, not lost you yet, but food and gas is your responsibility outside of what we're going to do at the venues now i talked to brother andre yesterday friday we're going to kind of get there when you can or when you want to it's just going to be a fellowship at the unicoy park from five until whenever Uh, but whenever you get there uh, he's already rented that place and on saturday we're not going to have it at brother uh, andre's church we're going to have it he has rented the methodist uh, camp community center all day so it'll be basketball, volleyball. We're going to have a worship service with specials. Get your specials ready, youth. They're going, and even adults, at probably around 5. But i got to get with Brother Joe, uh, and Brother Joe can get with Brother Andre about the song service. Uh, we'll find out maybe who's going to speak that afternoon. And uh, if we can get Luis there in time, maybe we can do it later on in the afternoon. All right? Sunday will be a regular service, and I'll be speaking Sunday morning. It's not an afternoon service. But I need to know downstairs, when you you see that sheet of paper, this is important. If you're going to stay over, now, it's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive. It's very easy to get there three-and-a-half hours from here. Sorry. Uh, and then you may be a little bit further in Atlanta. But on Sunday afternoon, after the service is over, we're going to go to a place called the Farmer's Daughter. And it's an Amish restaurant there. They've got a place to hold about 50 people in the back. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Brother Andres uh, got that reserved for us. For Sunday, it is a Amish, I mean, meat, and it ain't a meat in three. It's like a meat in 30 because it's an Amish place, and they raise their own vegetables. They raise their own beef. They raise all that stuff f- at the farmer's daughter afterwards. So I need to know who's going to stay over for that meal. Now, you will be responsible for that meal also. But now whatever we eat at, at the two camps, which will be Friday evening, will be sandwiches and stuff like that uh saturday we got to get that menu nailed down but like i said before please let us know just like we did with ohio we'll have an itinerary and uh, let you know when to be there and what's going on but the church will pay for the motel you just need to get there and the food that you eat outside of the venue will be your responsibility so we appreciate brother dale paying for the motel rooms because that's the biggest expense is a place to stay So, Brother Andre said he did not have a place to put 45 people, and that's how many signed up to go at the moment. So, if you want to go, though, please sign up. We want everybody to go. We will have service here that Sunday, regardless. There will be a service here on that Sunday, and we'll give you that itinerary later on. So, uh, all minds clear. Lord bless you. Thank you for being attentive and for helping in all this, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Just remember these ones that are sick and not here. Remember the ones that are on vacation. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're standing here in our humanity knowing that without you, Lord, we're totally insufficient. We have nothing to say. But, Father, if you'll just speak for a little while to your people. Lord, you be the active participant in this service. You do the speaking, Father. You do the revealing, Lord, and I pray that you would... You would heal all sick, Lord, from their body all the way to their soul. Because many souls are sin-sick in this hour, Lord. But they can be healed. There's a bomb that will cover that, Lord. There's also a bomb that will cover the healing of the body. And, Father, we pray that you would quicken that to us today. Bless the ones that are here with us, the ones that's visiting and coming in. They're really not visitors. They've been here before. But we sure appreciate them coming, Lord, in this rainy day. Oh, again, thank you, Lord, for this rain. Lord, the the, the pro garden was crying out yesterday. Thank you so much for giving us rain. And Father, I pray that you'd be with us now and further in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've been speaking on the Son of Man, which we've really uh, been on the statue of a perfect man. We're on godliness. This is part 111. Yes, Jonathan, I am slow. But... We're breaking it down pretty much. So this is part 111. So let's begin with John one one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And that Word became flesh or was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, we know that's Jesus 2,000 years ago, but what about in your flesh? What about when he comes by the new birth and comes into you and makes your flesh? Huh? The Word. All right. That's what we got, to, we got to see that. The statue of perfect man is making us into his image, molding us into his likeness. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full. Not halfway. Full of grace and truth. You may be seeing the Lord as his blessing to the reading of the word. 2 Peter 1, verse 5 says Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and the virtue knowledge, the knowledge temperance, temperance patience, and patience godliness and the godliness, brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness, charity. He had a man that had a problem with all these, but once he got the new birth, he was able to pin it into the eternal Word of God, a man named Peter. Peter had issues, but God said, I prayed for you. He said, I prayed for you, Peter. I know you're going to get sifted like like wheat. He says, get behind me, Satan. Now, he was always letting Peter have it. Well, if he let Peter have it, then guess what? He let Peter have this revelation right here. That somebody that way, an old naked sailor, come on somebody. An old naked sailor, he could have him write this and it'd be the eternal word of God. And that we can set in twenty twenty three and see that we have to become that. Amen. No going back. We have to be this. We're not walking backwards, we're walking forward. All right, first Timothy three sixteen says, without controversy. Alright, great is the mystery of godliness. There is a mystery connected to godliness and you gotta get all the way up and you gotta have you gotta have virtue and you gotta have knowledge and temperance, patience, all that working in your life, and then God requires that you become godly. Now I'll read you a quote I did last week where Brother Brown said, What? Somebody said, oh, Brother Ram, I can't do that. He said, oh, yes, you can. Now, we believe God sent a prophet, right? Amen. We believe that his words are the words that transferred from the mind of God down through him, that little Kentucky Englishman, and he spoke and said, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes. All right? I, then I think there is a way Amen. that we can do it. I mean, right. We just got to get in that way, not our way. Amen. This afternoon, Lord willing, we're going to start on brotherly kindness, but the first word we're going to look at... It's selfishness. Selfishness. Amen? There is nowhere selfishness should be in Christianity. I'll read it to you. I don't think I don't have a quote. But look, Paul said, without controversy. So in other words, there's no disputation. I'm not going to sit here and argue whether you say, well, I can be godly and I can't, or I can't and I said you can You can't. There is a way, though, that you've got to get into in that plan. And and God saw, listen, by foreknowledge, what did God do? He saw somebody make it under this plan. He saw a group of people in the end time. They made it. They came in the open book. They understand the healing of the soul. They understand the healing of the body. They know that the healing of the soul is is eternal, but healing of the body is temporary. All right, everybody with me? So there was a mystery, and God gave us a prophet that could go down, and he would say, he would say, well, cancer starts as a bruised cell. Well, now, that wasn't in any science book. That wasn't in the AMA. That wasn't in John Hopkins. That was in the mind of God. He knew that that cell started that part of cancer, and he could tell you. By what? By a vision, by somebody, by him knowing that there was a great mystery. So let's look at that just for a minute because if there's a mystery of godliness, we need to see the mystery,
1: all
2: right? And I, we know what the mystery of godliness, but godliness is because Paul told us what it was, right? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. So a mystery is what a hidden thing, a secret, religious secrets, confided only to the initiated. Now, when you got up this morning and you said, I'm coming to church, well, you didn't say you're coming to church. You said, "You said uh, uh, maybe I don't want to go, but the one inside of you said, let's go. Okay? Oh, I'm the only one that has that problem. Oh, okay. All right. Well, pray for me. So you initiated something inside of you that says, I'm going to hear from God. So you initiated a night. You, you said, I'm going to get up and go. And not to ordinary mortals. If it was to ordinary mortals, this place would be packed full of people, if that's what they wanted. But we have a hidden secret, a hidden or secret thing, not obvious to the understanding. None of these are obvious to the understanding. Sure, man has their own uh, knowledge. They have their own temperance and different things, but it's totally contrary to God. Yes, All right, So we got to look at the things that are godly. All who live godly in Christ, what? Shall what? Suffer, suffer persecution. All right, number three is a hidden purpose. So if there's a mystery behind it, it's it's not just going to be, I'm going to unfold this and then let the air out of the balloon. No. No, it just keeps unfolding. And what you see is you see the secret hidden mystery of God and where he is. The secret counsel which governed God in dealing with the righteous. That's us which are hidden from ungodly and wicked men but plain to the godly Amen. so a mystery should be plain to us uh the prophet of God tells us one place he says the mystery is now what history yeah. we have an open book back during the back during this part of the 2000 years of church ages there was a great mystery what is this seventh seal what is this Elijah coming in Malachi 4? all oh, they you know they tried their best to hit it but they couldn't. It took a prophet in the end time to bring us the Word of God to open that mystery up and say, not William Branham saying, here I am, Christ saying, here I am and you. Amen. All right? Amen. Brother Branham was the most unselfish person in the world, so we can put him up there where we can see a brotherly kindness that that's why that his son said, remember, the greatest one of the greatest qualities of his dad was he didn't... You couldn't tell who was his enemies or friend. In other words, when him and Billy would drive down the road for thousands of miles, remember he didn't like to fly. When they drive down the road from Jeffersonville to Arizona, at that time it was probably about a 20-something hour trip because there wasn't many interstates back at that time, they talked. So you know what Billy's, Billy's telling us? Billy's telling us that Brother Branham didn't spend two hours talking about one preacher. Let that sink in. He didn't spend two hours at the table complaining or telling Billy how wrong this person is or how wrong this church is or how wrong this preacher is. Billy couldn't tell. So Brother Brown, I'll read you in just a minute. Well, no, I'll read you this afternoon. Brother Brown said he got a selfish spirit on him. I'll read it to you. Brother Branham, yeah, you know what? If you'll read a lot, he had plenty of complexes. Colossians 1 verse 21 says, You that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled, where in the body of his flesh through death to present you, what? Read that with me. Holy and unblameable and unrepo- reprovable in his sight. Alright? Not the sight of the world, but in His sight. If, big word, if you continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard. You have heard the gospel. You have no excuse. And which was preached to you, wait a minute, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, and which was preached to every cre- creature which is under heaven. Yes. Wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister. I like Paul's boldness. But you know what? He could back it up. Amen. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. In other words, Paul being unselfish, he's given his... Listen, he didn't have to go to prison. He didn't have to go before Pilate, I mean, um, um, in Rome. He didn't have to. The Holy Spirit even warned him to go to Rome, right? He went anyway. Now, he wasn't out of the will of God. He was fulfilling what God saw happen in his life, but Paul knew... I believe that little part of Paul was always saying, Man, I've got this thing because I put a lot of Christians to death. I persecuted the very church that I'm ahead of. So so I'm going to give myself for that church. Unselfish. We'll talk about that this afternoon. Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you... To fulfill the word of God. Now watch, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. Now, Paul is standing in probably the year AD 50 something or 60 something, right before he died. He's standing there telling us the mystery that was hid from back in the Old Testament until today. Alrighty? And from generations, yes. but now is made manifest to his saints. So they got a mystery an unfolding. But they didn't get it at all. Right, right. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, look, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. I, Bible. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. All right? Wherefore I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Boy, he had something inside of him that he had to get out. So we come to this and we see that Paul, Paul is telling us that the great mystery is is going to be that that God's going to inhabit a group of people in their human flesh, even though they are born in sin, even though that, that they might be healed and. And 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 temp, it's all temporary to the outside. All right, you can be healed of cancer today and die of it tomorrow. Now, that's what Brother Bradford said, because what happens is you get that, you get whatever you got, you get that taken out of you, but the fall was, I was thinking about this yesterday. That fall was so horrible that it separated God and man. Here stands Adam and Eve, nothing going on. Full fellowship. Their bodies being renewed. They're not getting older. They're not stooping over. For hundreds of thousands of years, they walked through the garden with God. But all of a sudden, the fall happened, and then the presence of God was separated so that he can't deal with man like he used to. So what did he do? He took that, he put the curse on his flesh, remember? He didn't curse Adam. He didn't curse Adam's soul. He couldn't. He can't curse His own self. If you're born again today, you're not under the curse. He has revealed to you that you are his. And He can't curse His Hallelujah. Amen. You're covered Amen. by His blood. He can't ever, if He ever loved you, He can't unlove you. Hey, don't ever say, God don't love me no more. No, He don't love you no less either. He's loved you from the beginning. He can't unlove you. You cannot love yourself. But when Jesus was here, He said, Okay, we're going to have this great mystery. I'm going to come into these people. I'm going to come and be the, I'm the Holy Ghost. Because that's what... Now, you can um, agree with me or not, but when we're in the Garden of Eden, there stands God and Adam, and there's nothing in between. Alright? There's no, there's no wall. Total, just there's there's really no mysteries. Now God withholds a mystery because He knew they were going to fall, but He didn't tell Adam because Adam was a free moral agent. He let Adam choose. Right, right. We're all on free moral agents. He preached on that several several weeks. You didn't come here with eternal life and just lock, stock, and barrel, sealed and ready to go. I'm sorry. You were born in sin. Now, you had representation in the Bible and the Word of God. You had representation. But when you got here, you were dirty, rotten, filthy. Born in sin, shaping the iniquity, the prophet said. Bound. He said, I was on my way to hell. But thank God. Jesus. Now, we take John 3.16 as the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All that. To me, that's to the world. To me, that's that's to the world. It's like we were talking about last Sunday. There's a big difference between being saved and being born again. Amen? Big difference. You can be saved and be lost and go to hell. But you can't be born again and be lost and go to hell. So there's a difference. And saved people can be, can be given eternal life, but they don't have eternal life. All right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now that would be if somebody wanted to give their heart at a deathbed confession or, or, or something like that, and they died, they would not go in the sixth dimension, because that's where we would go if we pass away, which is the born again. But they would be somewhere, and then at the day of judgment, they would be given eternal life, right? Amen. But if you're born again, like I said before, you can be. Saved and not be born again. But you can't be born again and not be
1: saved.
2: Amen. Everybody with me? Amen. All right? got to go through that salvation plan. And if you stop, that's your business. But the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people going to be saved that's not going to be in this group that Jesus came to get.
1: Amen.
2: He wouldn't at all be saved, but when he come down to the very end, yes, he died for every person. But he knew this group right here would be the only group he was going that was going to receive his blessing of eternal life, and that's his bride or his body. Is everybody with me? John seventeen verse ten says, "And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them." Where's the glory of God? Me and you. But listen, you tell the world that and the first thing you're going to say, what? I ain't perfect and you ain't perfect. Don't tell me you're perfect. Well, I'm not. God told me I was perfect. <clears throat> and now I am no more. Now, see this, to me, this is the bride's prayer, Brother John. This is Jesus praying to put, to put a comforter. He said he was going to come back, send a comforter that will lead us and guide us into all truth, right? the true Holy Ghost in our soul not just an anointing on our spirit realm or even an anointing on our bodies everybody with me we know this is anointed ones at the end time time alright and now I am no more in the world but these are in the world now remember I told you Jesus didn't say Father shield them from the world put a bubble around them make sure that make sure that they don't get no bills no more When they get born again, make sure their car don't tear up. Make sure your house gets somehow supernaturally painted and for your sisters, supernaturally cleaned. I wish. Everybody with me? That's when your problems start is when you become a Christian, all right? You might get an extra bill. But but the world's not going to realize and understand you. They're not going to understand us. They never will. Because listen, I'm going to read it right here. Jesus said, you're of me. If the world hated me, they're going to hate you. But I prayed for you. Peter, I prayed for you. I prayed for you, bride. This is the prayer to the bride. And now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through in thy own name. Amen. Now, what is the name of the Father? The Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. Whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are. Amen. Oh, but Brother Wade, I can't be. The Bible says, yes, you can. Yes. Jesus prayed a prayer. Have you ever heard a prayer of Jesus? Now, listen, we prayed a lot of prayers that didn't come to pass. Hello? Right. Jesus never prayed a prayer that didn't come to pass, though. Alright, so I'm going to tell you This prayer is going to come to pass Amen. While I was with them in the world I kept them in my name Oh yeah, he of those twelve And one of them was the son of perdition Those that thou givest me I have kept And none of them is lost But the son of perdition That the scripture might be fulfilled And now come I to thee These things I speak in the world That they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves I have given them thy word. Amen. We'll talk about it in a minute. That word is a seed. All right? And the world hath hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil that's in the world. Amen. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That's why the word is the most important thing in our life, is getting the word of God and getting it down right. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. So he's not putting them in a bubble. He's not putting them in a camp. Hello, somebody. He's not putting them in a commune. He puts you in the world. To rub shoulders with the world. For the world to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray... Now here he's praying again. Neither pray I for these alone. What? His 12. But for them also. Ask me which shall believe on me through the words they preach. That they all might be 12, 14, 18, 23. No, one. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Protect me, Lord. Put me inside of you again. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. The glory which thou gavest me, I took with me. Oh, he says, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. How many times has he said that? That's about the third time. I and them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Romans 8, heirs and joint heirs. Whatever he gets, we get. Father, I will that they also whom thou givest me be with me where I am. He wasn't just wanting you all to be in the world. He's taking you to a place where he's at. And we got to yes. Amen. Amen. Hello, we gotta come to that place
1: spiritually
2: here. Amen? Hello, somebody. we got to come to that place spiritually here where we walk like Christ did with the headstone, the statue of perfect man. We'll get into that later on. Amen. That they may behold my glory. Where? In a book? No. On a tape? No, no in your flesh. Yes, in your life, yes. your everyday walk. Yes. Amen. Where I am that they may behold my glory. Yes. Which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. What did Jesus say? That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Right? Now, hold on a minute. And the glory which thou givest me, I give them. Huh? Huh? That they may be one even as we are one. He must have loved us before the foundation of the world. Amen? And what do we do? we got to give it back. There's a connection there. Everybody with me? So there's the prayer to the bride to keep us from the evil, not take us out of the evil. Now, we're going to be taken out, I promise you, when the rapture takes place. We're going to be out of here. We're not going to stand any of this junk that's going on now. But we still have to live here and be what? Functional Christians. Someone walking, talking, breathing the Word of God, not just quoting it. i mean the message. That's what the devil says. The devil can say that, but the message is not in him. But you can say the message is in you. Amen. Amen. John 17. What is the message? The good news. It's the gospel. Uh, I was listening to a, um, a song this morning, you know, when the trumpet sounds, uh, the dead are going to rise, you know, and we shall rise and bring all... And I know everybody sitting in that stadium. It was Jason Crabb or somebody was singing it on YouTube. <clears throat> in their heart, in their doctrine, in their gospel, they're going... Something's going to just walk out and go, whoop, 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 Right? You ask somebody out in the world, what's going to all that trumpet? We're going to hear that trumpet sound. It's sounding now in the gospel. It's sounding, according to Brother Branham, it's here. The trumpet sounding will be a bride standing on the earth at the end time that says, Death, you don't have any dominion over us. And now, Death, come on, somebody, you don't have any dominion over them that are in that other dimension.
1: Bring them here.
2: We're going home. But we got a journey to go through. It's not just, we're not going from kindergarten to college. Renee, it would have been that easy, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't have. You'd be in college, be in kindergarten, be drawn on the wall. No, you have to go through the process. You have to grow up. All right? They've all grown into fine individuals. Bob and Sharon's done a good job with their kids. We sure appreciate that. I mean, Brandon, Ben and Sharon. Bob done a good job with his too. Man. Don't tell your daddy I called your daddy. No, do it, please. I'll pay you. Genesis seventeen one, When Abram was 90 and 9... Nobody here is 99 and there's one getting close. But the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am Almighty God, walk before me and try to be thou perfect. Oh, it says, and be thou perfect. Now that word perfect is what? Complete, morally innocent, having integrity, one who is morally and ethically pure. And like I said before, when we look at the word godliness, we see reverence, respect, piety towards God. And remember, I gave you a list uh, for those of you that weren't here. <clears throat> we talk about living godliness, and then Brother Brown says right here, said you're moving right on up the line. Fifthly, add godliness, temperance, patience. Wow. Whew. You say, I can't do that, Brother Brown. Oh, yes, you can. You can live this godliness. You say, well, I, I, what do I do? Listen, but when we are judged, we're going to read this this afternoon at the communion service. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. Now, that word is instructed. We are instructed on how to be this godliness. That we should not be condemned with the world. St. John 17. He took us out of the condemnation of the world. We we are not condemned with the world. Everybody that's not born again is condemned with the world. Right. Whatever the world gets, they get. I don't care if you foolish virgin. I don't care if you're just saved. If you're not filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today, by the new birth in your soul, the old you dead and the new life coming in to live it through you, you will be here when the world is judged. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Sorry about that. Noah didn't shut the ark God did God's getting ready to shut the ark I told you before we're going to talk about it back again um, in just a second but uh, I have a list um, and I want you to kind of think about it you see I can't live godly I can't live this godliness which is piety which is which is uh, perfection, as the world would say. But we would say it would be completion, or how complete we are, but not complete according to the world. We are complete according to the Bible. Everybody with me? Well, I can't, I I don't know. We're not a denomination. That makes us closer to God than the denominations, because we've been taught. We'll talk about the horse forehead in a minute. You sisters don't cut your hair. Well, that's what the Bible says. So guess what? 99.9% of the people in this world are not living godly because they cut their hair. But you are. You are living godly. All right? Dress. The world don't mind wearing pants. They don't even mind wearing shorts to church now. They have no respect. But you do. And then we've had some that come in among us, the new people. They would to come in wearing pants, the girl, the ladies, and Brother Dale never, never got down and, 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 you know, nailed them to a tree. You just preached the word. Something's got to change from inside anyway. A lot of y'all, I mean, a lot of y'all, if, you, if you're wearing pants now, then, you know, you're not born again, number one. See what I mean? You've moved yourself from godliness over to this group, all right? Uh, what about uh, your our actions? And as I said before, uh, many big churches, and I'm not knocking them; they're doing the best they can. But most churches have a program for the widowed, a program for the divorced, a program for the divorced singles, a program for the you understand, you understand for the for the alcoholics, the, uh, a program for the smokers. Do we need to add on to the church? Huh? Well, then we're living more godly than they are everybody with me on this? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. Our manner of life, we don't smoke, drink, cuss. I, I hope you never get a DUI. That means you're drunk. But, but if, if you don't ever drink, brother Jonathan, if you never drink, uh, we don't. If you never drink, that law of, of uh, blowing .08 or whatever it is to make you legally drunk, that's, to you it don't even worry about the books. I don't even worry about it. I don't keep up with that. But, man, I'm telling you, the people at home, being the mayor of the city, oh, Lord, they want to have alcohol in the convenience store and they want to have all this stuff. They're worried about that. Now, I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be worried about where the beer costs $6 a can instead of 5 But there's a lot of people got up this morning cussing about... Yeah, we say cussing. Cussing about all that. Do y'all have to... Do you worry about that? No. Well, you're living more godly than the world. You're living more godly than 99% of the denominational world. You're clean. According to His divine power, He's given us all things that what? pertain to life. We have life lessons here because we live a life. I would love, Sister Nikki, for my life to be godly 100% of the time. Sorry. Pray for me if you are. Pray for me. I ain't. We need. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. But we live more godly than the world does. Obviously, now we're living more godly than the denominations, which the Bible says they have a horse forehead. I know it's a, stra- a strong word to use, but explain it to your kids if you need to explain it to them. We know what a whore is. A horse, some person that can't contain themselves. Everybody with me? Yeah. All right? And it's in the Bible. Yes, we'll talk about it in just a second. Because that's what this world's come to. And we're not. We're out of that. Yes, right. We don't have a horse forehead. If you're not in, if you're not born again, you have one already. On. Am I with you? Yes. Are you with me? Yes, right. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but if you're not born again, you have a horse forehead. Yes. Yes. You are selfish. Right. We'll read about it later. Talk about it later on. We don't have to worry about what bars closed and what bar is open. Right? Just want to make sure that we be not condemned with the world. The world's over here and get their condemnation. You and I have come out of the world. We're over here living. Listen, we fall. That's what grace is for. Listen, God didn't want to take grace and put it on shelf. Grace is to be used. Redemption is to be used. It was given for us to use it. So use it. Now listen, don't use greasy grace. But now listen, if you're in greasy grace, get born again, and then it'll start being some good grace. Some good grace. If you do make a mistake, you do say something sideways to somebody, God, forgive me. Had a guy tell me yesterday on the phone, <clears throat> it worried him to death. Somebody passed away, and he owed him ten dollars. So he said he went to the grave, and he said, he said, uh, buddy, he said, I'm sorry. The guy just died. Well, it was um, James Lyle. Yeah, James Lyle. Uh He was a motor builder for. Uh, Bill Elliott back in the 80s, and he was like well known all over the, the community. Well, he passed away. So this guy walks up and he says, Man, I'm sorry. He said, I-, I owed you $10. I'm sorry. I- There's nothing I can do about it. He said, There was another man standing beside of him at the grave. So he looked over him and he said, He don't need it now. But you know, that stuff like that bothers you because you live more godly than. Than, than somebody saying, I cheated him out of $10, and I'm happy about it. Right? Listen, when people steal stuff, they don't steal it to be sad. They steal it to be happy. Amen, <laughs> hey, somebody. Have you ever thought about that? They don't steal something and go, I just got $12 million in diamonds. No. You never see him again if he don't get caught. He's over in the Bahamas somewhere living it up. He's happy. He that's why Satan is happy when he seals your victory. I want us to make him the most miserable person on the face of the earth and in another dimension. And you know what? He's even in heaven. I want him to be nervous. Real nervous. I want him to be pill taking nervous. I thought I'd throw that in there. <coughs> But this whole thing is, is, is what we've been the series we've been on. I hope it's been helping us in our life and helping us to be more godly than we have before. Brother John's teaching us how to do the life part and the godliness part through money and through finances and, and all that. we really appreciate that. Because you know what it's the whole thing. There's people and, and out in the world, uh, you know you get these scammers call you and you get people call you about social security. They will not call you about that on the cell phone. All right? They'll send you a letter. I work for the post office. The IRS will not contact you on the phone. They send you a letter through the post office. Everybody with me? Life lesson here. Don't get on the phone and let them tell you you owe them
1: $2,000.
2: And you bite dumb as a rock if you give them your number. But I had a girl one time at the post office, young girl. She was on the phone, had it on speaker. I walked in from working, and there it was. She had owed twenty five hundred more dollars. They said on her taxes, and they were going to send the sheriff out the next day with a warrant for her arrest if she didn't pay that twenty five hundred dollars. Well, they went through this, and Kelly's like, "Didn't mean to call her name." She said, "I know. Let me call my. Let me call my um, accountant. Let me call them." And I'm over there going, "Hang up!" She said, "This is serious." Well, see, that's how much they had scammed her. I mean, this is serious. I said, no, it's not. So what i done is I immediately pulled up IRS scam. Well, th- there was five things on my phone. And I went over there and I said, read this. He's done all five while I've been standing here. She said, oh, Lord. she hang- She just hangs the phone up then. And she said, I was getting ready to give them my number. Well, they'd have pulled more than $2,500 if, if it had been more than that in your account. But listen, the point is, there are people in this world that are scammers that get up in the morning, go to work, just like you get up and go to work to a public good-paying job, honest job, they get up and do the same thing to scam you, to mess you out of your hard-earned money. But you know what? That's over here. They will be condemned with the world. I hope they never do it to a bride of Jesus Christ. I'll promise you. the fires of hell will rain down on them. So, but you don't get, you don't, don't do that, okay? Don't. No information on the phone. I don't care if it sounds good. What y'all say if it sounds good is what? Too good to be true. <laughs> all right. Now, life lesson number seven hundred forty-three. Now we're going. And besides this, giving all diligence. So we're going to work on life. We're going to work on godliness. And besides this, giving all diligence. Add. And what? So look. Let's look at this just for a minute. We were looking at it last Sunday. Let's look at it just for a minute for the for the ones that weren't here. We got, we're looking at the analogy or the um, the parable of the sower of the seed. Now remember, who is the sower? The sower is the son of man. The ministry. That today I am sowing. Hopefully, I'm sowing good seed. All right. But now remember, the ground is you. The ground is yours. If you came in with a bad attitude. Where's that seed gonna land? If you come in with something on your heart, that's why I said you better get it rid get rid of it. Right back there. And then come in here and enjoy the service. But we know the seed is the word of God. Every time God talks about a seed in the Bible, and Brother Branham talks about a seed, he's talking about not talking about some wiggly little sperm with a tail on it. Everybody with me? That is not what God is all about. Adam's seed polluted the world. His natural sperm polluted the world. Amen? Brother Brown said that. We should know it without a quote. But the seed is the word or the sermon you hear or the Bible you read. All right? And the ground is your not this earth, right. your earth. Amen. Today you come to get spiritual water yes. if the word has been planted. Amen. If there's no word there, it ain't coming up because there's no seed there to come up. That's right. That's right. Everybody with me? Amen. So everybody knows the parable of the sower of the seed. So we're going to continue on down a little bit further. Because remember, he explained it in detail. Hear you, therefore, the parable of the sower. All right, sowers who? Son of man, the ministry. We're under the son of man ministry. We're under the ministry of the sower of the seed. All right? We have a former rain, which is this rain right here, which is a teaching rain, which is when you plant the seed. I needed this rain for my crops. I planted some extra ones yesterday, so praise God they will come up. The other ones didn't because it didn't have good moisture. All right? So then there will be a rain... In September or around October, that will be a harvest rain. That will be the rain right at the end that pops everything to maturity, that makes that corn of wheat get real heavy and hang over because it's become back to the original. That's when my apple trees in September, those things, those limbs that I used to cut grass underneath and didn't hit my head, I hit my head all the time on apples. <laughs> Why? They, they, they're coming to maturity. They're heavy. The apples are big. Then you get that last rain and, you know, you look at your corn shucks and, and they start drying out. You need that one more good rain to just make everything. And that's the same way with me and you. We're going to have that one more good rain. I believe we're having it now. To mature the bride. To get us ready for harvest. To get us ready to get out of here. Amen? <laughs> This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Right? My treasures are laid up where? Here? No. Somewhere beyond the blue. All right. Hear you therefore the parable of the sword. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown, look, in his heart. Now remember, be careful that it's not the heart of the soul of you. Satan can't steal anything out of your soul. Your soul is sealed until the day of your redemption. Satan can't make your soul sin. He can't make your soul make a mistake. We ought to be happy in that. If you're sealed in, he's sealed out. But now that second realm that we're working, memory, reason, conscience, affection, imagination, that is his playground. God has allowed him that access. To your brain, to your memory, your reason, your conscious affects imagination. There's the battleground. Listen, there is no battle in your soul. If you're born again, it's God. If you're not, it's the devil. That's just plain as black and white. All right? So, what are we dealing with here with the statue of perfect man, though? We're dealing with that second realm or that spirit realm of man, you, you. So sometimes we do hear the Word. But you remember in Ezekiel, remember he gives, he takes the stony heart out and gives you a new new heart. Brother Bram said that's not the new birth. All right? He's trying to soften you up under sanctification to get you ready for God to come in. And we've been taught that for 50-something years, so we know that's the truth. But now that's sanctification. That's not the Holy Ghost. The good man of the house, oh, sure, everything's been cleaned out, but there's the devil going to come back, according to Luke, right? Unclean Spirit goes out of a man, walks in dry places, comes back, comes back, finds the house swept and garnished, but the doors are still open. It's not been sealed. You need to get it sealed until the day of your redemption. Therefore, he cannot get into your that part of your house. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. That means you didn't study. That means you didn't prepare yourself. That means you just came here because you was afraid I'd say something if you didn't. Praise the Lord anyhow. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. We've seen that. They come here. They disappear. This is he which received seed by the wayside. In other words, on their way. They sat down in the church and heard of a message. And it sounded good. It sounded different. I know something you don't know. But you got to know Christ first. You got to get born again first. I pro- Listen, I promise you, you get born again, it will take you to the message because it has to lead you and guide you into all truth, not just some truth. All right, so you get the Holy Ghost first. That's why Brother Brown said most important. Get the Holy Ghost, and it will drive you to the message. Listen, folks, you you don't have to. I was listening to a preacher the other day. He said, you don't have to beg a Christian to come to church. And we still beg, and they still don't come. But he that receiveth what? The ministry, the seed, into stony places. What you got? Some issues. You had a problem with your wife on the way to church, or your kids on the way to church. You got that stony heart. You sit here and worry about if I don't, for me to be quiet, so you can go outside and bless your wife out. Or wait a minute, vice versa. Are your kids? Are your neighbor? When I get home, I'm going to church, but I time out. But when I get back. And I'm going to drive two or three people off the road getting there. Road rage. Yeah, it happens. The same as he that heareth the word. Now watch, here's another one. But he that receives seed in the stony place is the same as he that heareth the word. All right? And anon with joy receive it. Oh, man, this is great. Bro, wait, I felt something. I don't want you to feel something. I want you to live something. Right. Like Brother Dale said, if you want some feelings, I'll put an ice cube down your back. Y'all be shouting and speaking in tongues. So I told William Barlebon he was staying with us. And when when we put the shower in, we put the, it's one of them that does this. And it says hot on this side and cold on this side. Well, me and Dad put it together backwards. I don't know if he did it just to play with them. Because that's where we put all the preachers at. So he went over to the hot side. It stayed cold. He never did go. He said, well, this is hot. He said, "It must be something wrong with the hot water heater. So he gets in there and you can hear him. Wow! Ah! Wow! Ah! 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 He come out. I said, you in there speaking in tongues. He said,
1: that water's cold.
2: I said, ain't nothing worse than a cold preacher. I said, if you'll turn it on the other side. So we put a little thing. June's laughing now, I'm sure, that we put a little sign that says this backwards and for the use of, this is the hot over here where it says "see." Be the receiver seed receive it. life lesson 769. Don't ever do that to a preacher. The same as he that heareth the word and we receive it with joy. Shout, pick your tongue. Yet hath not root. He didn't sit there long enough, or she, to get rooted and grounded to that when the wind did blow, it did not your plant over. Some people, it knocks them out of church. Some people that want it so bad, their feet, that tree bends, them roots get loose, but they don't fall over. They might get loose a little bit. Why? They're loosening the soil up so they can grow some more. They're loosening the soil. That's why wind blows. Yeah, he that hath no root in himself, but endures for a time, Hangs around for a little while. For when tribulation or persecution arise, uh-oh, because of what? Not somebody, because of the Word. By and by, he is offended. He also that receives seed among thorns is he that heareth the Word. Here's a sermon, comes to church, and the cares of this world. Well, i got to work on Sunday. I can't get here on Wednesday because I've got to work. Some of you have to, and I understand, but don't make it an excuse. If you make it your crutch, then you're in this part right here. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Now, the word's not choked. You are. You're choking the word. And he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed in good ground, we're just going to say we all had good ground today. He that receives seed or heard the message or the word of God into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Not everybody's going to be a hundred. Amen. Not about, there's going to be a lot of 60 and a lot of 30, which means that the 30% though is just as important as the 100%. All right? Everybody with me? So there's that parable. And then let's look for a second to this horse, horse forehead because I want you to understand there was a question about this. It does sound awful, and it is awful. God hates it. There's a lot of things God hates. You know that? Look it up in the Bible. God hates a lot of things. So when Jeremiah talks about, therefore, the showers have been withholden, and there hath been no latter rain. In other words, no harvest rain. Seed's been planted, but it was wrong timing. And thou hast a whore's forehead, thou refusest to be ashamed. Now, that word whore means highly fed and therefore wanton. In other words, to commit fornication, be a harlot, to be unfaithful to God. Because he told... Israel one time, he said, you've went whoring. And I had to put you away. What were they doing? They were sacrificing to other idols. Are you sacrificing today to other idols? To something that's keeping you out of church. Something that's keeping you away from the fellowship of God. With God and with his people. All right? To play the harlot, to cause, to commit adultery. Adultery. Or to commit fornication, but I like that one says highly fed. That means man, just gi- just give me all the worlds you can give me. I can't control myself because that's what a whore does. A whore can't can't keep herself. All right, everybody with me? But God said they have a whore's forehead, from an unused root word, man to be clear or conspicuous, which is the brow or the forehead. So so you've got unclean, and then you've got what? You it's at the forefront. Some of us have real prominent foreheads. Me, and Brooke Colley. Some of y'all. But you, you see that though. I can look back here and I see your forehead. So what's happening in the in the religious realm? A horse forehead is is something that's being shown that they don't care whether they show it or not. That's why that this is the ungodly group. We are the godly group because we don't have a horse forehead. We are, we are keeping ourselves in the Word of God. We are not one time. We are not uh, highly fed except for the Word of God. We're not highly fed in the world. So this is a, this is a, um, a definition. Brother Brown doesn't say anything about horse forehead. He, he, I think he makes a comment about it one time or reads it one time. But this is used in the Bible as an analogy for a person or a group. Now, if, if this doesn't cover the church of the day, I don't know what does. Our church who has broken all meaning of integrity. Now, the church has broken all meaning of integrity so severely they no longer recognize the damage of the evil of their actions. Women come to church with their hair cut. They come to church with pants on. They just come to church anyway. You know what? I mean, the big thing is come as you are. I believe that. But if you come as you are, you won't go away as you came. If you really get something. You will not go away as you came if you get something. I can't agree with that. Come as you are. Come on. Cindy came. Sister came for two or three months, and then nobody had to blast her over the head about it. She quit wearing earrings. She quit wearing makeup. She quit wearing pants. Dad just sat there and preached the Word of God. And just remind them that it's in the Bible, and you remind, you know, all all these things. And you let them do it their own self. That's better than having to be a slave to do it. All right? It is a relevant term today describing how the average person's sense of right or wrong has been warped from its natural. Are we not living in that world? Shooting on every hand. Transgender. I, I love this guy. I, his license, it's not Beck, but it's something else. They were challenging him. A transgender was challenging him on something about male and female. He said, I just want to ask one question. He said, how many of you that was born a man have you ever give birth? Can't happen. Won't happen. Won't ever happen. So that person, you know, goes off on his piece and answer my question. How many men in the dawn and history of time, he said all the way from recorded history, how many people that were born men, all right, has had a baby? Well, well, None. Well, okay, then we know there's a separation between a male and a female. Hello, somebody. I mean, see, look, but to the world, it's become now the natural thing to to be whatever you want to be. Not here. We have godliness. Now they're bringing it into churches, the Methodist church, allowing every bit of that. Parts of the Methodist church, thank God, there's a part of the church that's standing up and says, no. Our neighbor, he said, "I'm not listening to a gay woman tell me about God." I said, "Okay," because he's a Methodist. But you see how that? See, we don't debate that here. That's never a debate. We don't debate clothes. We don't debate. Hey, we don't debate whether it's Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or Lord Jesus Christ. Do we we, we don't debate those things in here. We don't debate the Trinity. There's no debate. Great is the mystery of godliness because he come into me and you and told us how to live. What the Bible really says, or in other words, what it means, straight from the mind of God. People in the world, they got their own warped sense. This has led to destruction of marriage, massive numbers of fatherless homes and bastard births. I'm sorry. It is nothing now for a woman to get pregnant out of wedlock. It's nothing. It's just wide open. Do whatever. I'm sorry, thirty percent to upward of eighty percent illegitimacy rate in some groups. Now, in the Old Testament, if you were born a bastard child, you didn't. You and your family, you and your, whoever it was, didn't go in the congregation for four hundred years. Four hundred years. You were barred from going to church. Wow. And we know listen, we've done been through this. So the blood of Jesus Christ takes care of that now. I don't care if you're born and you don't even know who your mom and daddy is. It's your choice whether you get the new birth or not. It's your choice whether you whether you uh let that bother you or not. Sure we let it bother us, I know that. Because humanly it bothers us, but but you're not going to hear from this pulpit. And from the pulpit of the message of the hour that you're going to hell because you're a bastard child. And you can't come in the congregation. No, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses if you'll do it the right way. Don't come in with greasy grace, though. And keep doing it. Have four kids and, well, I'm under grace. Where's the husband? Well, all four of them gone. Well, that's not, that's greasy grace. Don't do that. Open and increase sexual perversion, homosexuality, pedophilia, transvestite, bestiality, pornography, adultery, prostitution, and the sexualization of young children, especially girls. Have we not seen that? Amen. That's a horse forehead. That's, that's become accepted practice now. When I was growing up, it wasn't. If a girl got pregnant when I was growing up, she disappeared for a little while. Anybody right. with me? Amen. Now, I, I, who's the daddy? I don't know. These passages all have a similar context. They were written just prior to the fall and scattering of either Israel to the north or Judah to the south. Each shows a wealthy people unblinkingly focused on their pleasure. Is that not the United States of thinking America? Right, right, Giving no thought to God. Listen, we raised the debt ceiling just so we could stay in debt. How's that fit, uh, Brother John? How's that fit? We raised the debt ceiling so we can borrow more. Our credit card went to $70 trillion instead of 40000000000000 trillion. There's got to be a day that that's going to fall. Yeah. But they unblinkingly focus on pleasure, giving no thought to God. They're casually uninterested in the moral welfare, welfare of their nation. That is crashing into utter depravity. Shame for sin has disappeared. The interpreter's commentary of the Bible states that the Bible shows That in a period before nations fell, their societies show significant breakdowns in two areas: political and business. Hello, somebody. And in family life, with specific blame falling on women, churches, women are churches. Brother Brown said the weakness is what pulpit. He said uh, uh, not it's not uh, children or juvenile delinquency. It's what parental delinquency. And these passages the following characteristics are either directly named or strongly implied. Rebellion, obstinacy, betrayal, distrust, shamelessness, and greed. Now, I hope we don't have that problem here. An audacious self-centeredness against God and fellow man. We're going to talk about selfishness this afternoon. These are not the characteristics of a nation that would bring honor to God. At one time in the history of this nation, the overwhelming majority of people expressed a strong sense of shame when they sinned. Sin was an ugly thing, and due to these senses of shame, they did whatever they could to hide their moral flaws from others. But today, the whore's forehead is all painted right here. Look at me. Some of that still exists. The period of late 1950s and 60s was probably the beginning of the end of that attitude. Sin has gradually carried less of a stigma, and the sense of shame has been slowly replaced by a growing boldness of attitude. A flaunting of sin. Much of that sense of shame has disappeared from the American psyche. Some remains in a small percentage of the population. Thank God. That's why we live in godly. Godly territory. But we'll suffer persecution because if we stand here against that, they're going to persecute us. Yet increasingly, bold immorality has become the way of life so that sin is now blatantly committed. Civility is becoming a thing of the past. Rudeness and open, brazen misconduct is becoming the normal way of doing things. If this is not the world, come on. That's what the conduct of a whore's forehead pictures. It represents the blatant, audacious sin of the streetwalker who is out in public openly displaying what she is, promoting herself, and tempting others to engage in sin with her. Wow, I've had enough of that. Let's talk about godliness for a second. I've had enough of that. So here's that group over here. And listen, folks, you may think that's, that that's you know, we say we got the the world that don't care about God. We got the world that thinks a little bit about God. The world that goes to church under their denominational, denominational idea, and then you got the bride. Well, every bit of that is from us down. That's from us down. I'm saying us too, because we let a lot of stuff creep in. Used to not creep in churches in the message either. Oh, don't say now, brother. Wade. now, you did good till you put us in that in that room. Yeah. Well, you just look around. There's a lot of things that goes on in the church that, and this one and others, not just this one that that. You know, forty years ago, wouldn't happen. Quiet. Because it's right. You know it. You see it. You look around. A deity is a supernatural. The shaping of Western Christianity. Well, let's get to deity for just a second, and then we'll close. It was coined by Saint Augustine, the theologian whose writings were very influential in the shaping of Western Christianity. Deity comes from the Latin word for God, Deus. The divine nature of deities is believed to be immortal goodness and powerfulness, or any supernatural being. Brother Ram tells us right here, <clears throat> and he swore by himself. In 1954, <clears throat> he said, "Let's just read the red." In it, the same life that was in the corn down here at the first talk is in it up here in the ear, the grain, just the same. The same God was in the pillar of fire, was in Christ Jesus. All right, hold on. The same one in Christ Jesus in you. That's right, God in you, the hope of glory, is that right? The baptism of the Holy Spirit dwelling in the person now, you become what? Sons of God. No wonder he believes in the supernatural. No wonder he believes in anything. Why is it? In him as a portion of God. Wow. Wrapped up in that mortal body where there's sin and everything else has created this body. But down in there, Some work of God alone in regeneration. Somehow he come down through all that mess and saved your soul. Has come down through there by the shedding of his own blood, taken away that blood that was in there as a way and set it aside and entered into this sinful man and put him in a hope that he'd die for it just as freely as he'd stand there. Now, what's he saying in in simple terms? You still got your old stinking blood because you were born in sin, shaping in nickel. Well, you came from your daddy's sperm and your mom would give you the body. Right? Everybody with me? And that's inside of you. And that, that you know, the song, His Royal Blood Flows Through My ba- Veins is not happening right now. But by what? Representation of His blood. Last like Brother Ram talks about a blood transfusion. But he said right here, see I like what he said, and set it aside. He shed his own blood and taken away that blood that was in there. Not taking your blood all the way out but as a way and set it aside and entered into this sinful man and put him in a hope that he'd die. Let's stand to our feet. We'll stop right there. We'll finish this afternoon. We didn't even get to godliness much. Musicians, come. Let's sing a song. But we got to believe that we're not just another part of God in another situation or another separation we are God made manifest in another form called a bride right so right here brother Ram said he's just a portion of God now remember we're not all of God Jesus Christ was all of God we're not all of God We're, we're part of God but you know what a part of God is all of God you take the spoon go dip it in the ocean come out, put it under a microscope, you look, then you take the microscope, if you could, and go out, and the four-fifths of the of the world is made out of ocean water, and if you were to put the microscope down over that, and and magnify it, it's the same thing. It's just, this is in portion. You can't drown in this, you can drown in this. You can't swim in this, you can swim in this. You can't put a boat in this, you can put a boat in this. In Jesus, you put all the boats he was the fullness of the godhead bodily but you and i collectively though will become and are becoming the fullness of the godhead bodily in the end time that's a promise that god gave us to a prophet that we would be that headstone in a army of people the bride in the end time and we will defeat satan a portion of that deity dwells in the heart of every born again christian hallelujah Ask what you will; it'll be given to you. If you need something, there's your promise. Let's sing a song. He became me
1: that I might become Him by grace. Thank God He came down here. He became me
0: that I.
2: Or liver or kidneys Lord we pray to you touch that also as this cloth is laid on our father we, we give you praise and honor and glory for a good report in Jesus name we pray amen
1: give it to us oh he, he became, became me thank God that thank I God he wasn't selfish he was so grace. unselfish he gave his life for me and you Ooh, uh,